This is Platform Diaries with Shane Williams, who chews the fat with entrepreneurs, startup founders, and thought leaders on what it takes to traverse the wall between startup and scale up. Do you find investment terminology confusing? Seed, Series A, Series B? Seems to be a lot of ambiguity and BS getting around. My guest today aims to close that down. You're listening to Platform Diaries, and I'm your host, Shane Williams. Cam Walsh is an entrepreneur come investor with Pitch VC. We discuss what the different investment rounds mean, what investors are looking for in a startup, some of the common mistakes that founders make when seeking investment, and Cam's advice for attracting the right investors. I trust you'll enjoy the interview. So Cam, thanks for joining me on Platform Diaries. Thanks, Shane. Pleasure to be here. Mate, now, as I said in the intro, today's episode is all about trying to demystify some of the uh, startup investment jargon that gets played around the place. And and I think it's an important conversation because when I came into the scene not too long ago, I was hearing all these terms that didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. And if I'm reading stuff that comes out of the US, it seems to be pretty structured. Like I can kind of tell uh, this term means this and that and the other. But when I talk to people in the Australian ecosystem, it kind of feels like it's a little bit more fluid and maybe some of the things don't mean the same thing that they mean elsewhere. And it also seems like not just ambiguity, but also a fair bit of just flat out BS getting around. And so given your experience as an entrepreneur and a startup founder come sort of VC investor, I'm hoping that you'll be able to help me kind of you know derive some signal from the noise. So maybe I'll just dive into the first question, which is, you know, if we look at the, the kind of definition of the investment rounds as a place to start, and, you know, I've seen announcements about Series A's, right? And some of these Series A's are based on valuations of like $80 million, and then other Series A's are based on, you know, like, or sorry, Series D's are based on valuations of far less than that. And totally. I don't know. If someone says, hey, I'm at Series A, I mean, how do you even get a sense of what that means? So I suppose my first question to try and boil it down is, what do the investment stages actually mean? Look, it's a really good question. There's a couple of ways in which you can look at an investment stage. One is where you're getting the capital from. And the other one is what you're using the capital for. Now, in Australia, we're, we're a much more immature startup ecosystem. So we're kind of finding our feet. We're learning uh, we've progressed a lot and we're amazing as a startup ecosystem now, but you're exactly right. And the valuations are uh, even crazier than what you've described. So sometimes it's over $300 million for a Series A. You know, you sort of mentioned an example of one that we've been involved in or I've, I've been involved in, Mr. Yarman, raised over nearly $90 million for their, raised $90 million for their Series A, not even valuation. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then others, we get founders pitching to us every week that are that are sort of raising a million dollars at their Series A. But you can have some general guidelines to look for. So typically, if we're looking at where you get your money from, if you're a pre-seed, it's founders putting in money, it's friends, supporters and family, maybe a little bit of angel at pre-seed stage. If you then go to seed funding, once again, it's friends, families. You then start looking at incubators, definitely angels at that stage. And then Series A, you start to start looking at more institutional investment. While some angels and some friends might come along that journey, 
your primary capital is coming from venture capital or corporate venture, etc. Then you're looking at what you're using, and then it goes on for Series B and Series C. You just get sort of more VC after that. Then you're looking at what you're using the actual money for, right? And so pre-seed is all about getting the idea started. Seed is about market research, further product development, building out a team. And then Series A, you're looking really for building out that strong track record, business strategy, etc. And then it goes on just growing your business more, Series B, C, D, etc. But in the end, it's all just labels. And even the, the rounds themselves aren't packaged together as as nicely as it as it is on a bit of paper. So a pre-seed round might span nine months and you might have sort of three or four different sections of that where you might, might have, you know, 100K come in one month and then four months later you might have 300K come in from a couple of investors and then nine months later you might have 200K and you package it all together and you say, oh, my pre-seed round was 700K. It's about... You know, what message do you want to send out to the market? What are you using the capital for and where you're getting that capital from? So then is it kind of safe to say that when you get into the way you kind of described it, you got once you're hitting series, you're ready for growth versus proving the point? Uh, Definitely. Absolutely. That's like the that's the main objective. I mean, at all points in time, well, seed as well, at all points in time, you're, you're trying to grow, right? But but definitely that's where you really pump in that sort of scale growth. You know, when the, you know, that sharp lift in the hockey curve is, is when you're getting to that, that series for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and the reason I found it so confusing when I first got into the, into the scene was, you know, you go to some of these investment conferences, if you like, and there'll be people there who are first time founders who are at idea stage and they're like, oh, I'm hoping to raise a series A. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. Because <laughs> that guy over there said he's on series A, he's been running for four years. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine people coming in will be just like, what does this even mean? Totally. Now, you mentioned Mr. Yum, which I think is an interesting one. So maybe I could ask you to just reflect on that for a second. And I guess where I want to go with this is kind of in terms of approach to investors, you know, like when, when they're going after investors, what is it that made them attractive? You know, I guess what I'm trying to derive out of that is, you know, for people listening, you know, what does good look like and why? Mm, yeah, it's a really good question. There's, a, there's a, lots of different reasons why founders invest. There's a couple of main ones for Mr. Yum. One is the team. They had a really great team, great founding team, Kim, Kerry, Adrian, Andre, um, and then a great, great early hire. So the team, first and foremost, because it, they had the ability to be able to deal with issues as they came and then be able to capitalise on the market at that particular time. So team first and foremost, especially in those in the early days, so you're talking about pre-seed, seed, their seed rounds, the investors were looking at the team and going, they're amazing. Next to that is the, is the market and what is the market doing, where is it at, um, and interestingly enough, if you look at the pre-seed and seed rounds of Mr. Yum, also the pre-seed round, a lot of them were people in the hospitality industry or businesses in the hospitality industry. And so they, could, they had a clear sort of look at the market and understanding of the market and where it might head and the issues that are arising in the market as well as the size of the market. 
And then I think the big one which allows them to raise the type of money that they did is the momentum that they're able to gain from that. And really um, momentum is is a lot about sort of the team and the market, what the results of that is. So it might, like a simple sum might be team times by market equals momentum, right? Because the team is the one that creates the momentum in the market and they were able to do a whole bunch of things and there's no doubt timing of COVID and all that kind of stuff played into their momentum, which big sort of market factors that that happened. But also you've got to have the right team, the right strategy to be able to take advantage of, of what happened, what's happening in the market. It just doesn't automatically happen for you and they worked really hard. Um, they were super smart to be able to take advantage of the conditions at the time. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I know I've heard Kim talk about her story before in a couple of different forums and, and it could easily have gone the other way with the wrong team. The market changed, right? If you think about their early product being menus in store mm-hmm. and the market goes, well, there is no store. You can't have one. Right. The, the wrong team could have gone, oh, well, that's it. Shut up shop. Like we've got no no, no market. Absolutely. As distinct from, hey, this is actually an opportunity. You know, that's, yeah. I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And, and and as you sort of point out, just to sort of emphasise what, what you say there is overnight because of lockdowns, revenue went to zero, literally overnight because all the hospital venues were shut. And so, so they, as you say, they could have absolutely shut up shop and that was an option. No doubt it was an option that was discussed, but they sort of uh, rallied, used other strategies. They helped a lot of the hospital venues during lockdown when they didn't need to and was able to build, you know, strong rapport and traction with their with customers for doing that. Yeah, right. And so, you know, on, on that theme of, you know, seeking investment and, and what does that look like and how do you attract it? You know, I mentioned in the intro that you're not only an investor, but, you know, you had also an entrepreneur and, you know, founded your own startups. So I can, I can imagine you've probably got stories of kind of mistakes made from both of those lives without outing yourself or anyone else specifically, just kind of reflecting on what you've seen generally, you know, what are some of the common mistakes you see happen when people are looking for investment? Yeah, I think that once again, I'm going to sort of focus on the the sort of pre-seed seed up to series eight kind of mm-hmm. thing, because that's where my sort of specialty lies and that's where I've raised capital and that's where I invest as well. The, the biggest mistake that I see is just really targeting the wrong investors for the wrong stage at the wrong time and and having unreasonable expectations from investors and also how long it takes to raise capital. So, you know, a couple of common mistakes which I see and probably and well definitely made in the early days is you go and speak to two or three or maybe 10 investors and you get some interest and all of a sudden you go, oh, cool, I'm going to close these investors and get them in. And, you know, one month goes by, two months goes by, three months goes by, and you think you're close and getting them. And then, then the investor, for whatever reason, decides not to invest and you've wasted three months, you're running out of capital, and you've got to sort of start that capital raising process again. You know, investing is similar to sales, right? And you've just it's just about selling your company, selling your shares, and so sales, it's about a numbers game, and then, but it's also about targeting the right type of people. And so you've got to look at the stage, where you're at, what you're doing with your company, and, you, and then you've got to target the right type of investor, and you've got to target a lot of them. 
So we talk about, you know, having 200 or so investors that you're bringing along the journey with you. And I didn't understand that in the early days. And then you do it enough times and fail enough times, you kind of uh, realize that you're doing something wrong. And, and then the times that I've had success, it's, it's really about talking to lots of people and talking to the right people. Capital raising is a lot about building trust. And there are a number of ways in which you can build trust with investors. One is through personal relationships, which is why at pre-seed and seed stage, a lot of it is family, friends and angels because they're personal relationships. So I guess to summarise, it would be you need a fair depth of number of people who are the right types of investors. I think that was the early point you made about not just anybody. And then not counting your chickens before they hatch is probably the other thing to tease out of that. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. Spot on there. Right. So then I guess knowing what you know now, you know, if you were talking to your previous life self, what would be the what would be that kind of morsel of advice you'd give yourself in terms of approaching, you know, investment and investors? Yeah, well one would be to always be raising capital. So always having those conversations, always building relationships, always be developing trust because A, you never know what's going to be around the corner, when you're going to need capital, and then B, it it just takes a while to build trust and get investment over the line, Um, and it takes a while to build traction as well. So even though, for example, a VC might not be interested in investing in a pre-seed round or even a seed round, it's really good to start building that trust and building that traction so at Series A, when maybe they're more likely to invest, They've been able to see you on the journey. Yeah, I'll tell you a little a little funny anecdote that we had just this week, and it happens regularly. But we had a founder reach out to us at Pitch Venture Capital, you know. And part of our process is, you know, the very first initial part of connecting with us is you fill out an online form because even though we would love to speak to every founder, it's just not possible. Like we literally get you know seventy to one hundred applications a week, and we, you know, so we have this little automated process where we ask founders to fill out an online form. And then the one founder sent us this really nasty message about us not being personal enough. And, and Rosie looks after our deal flow. She messaged the founder back and said, oh, you know, sorry, we'd like to talk to everyone. But, you know, this is the start of our process. And then we'll have a chat to you, you know, once. And then he sent us an email saying, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> And which is like, it's a really interesting perspective where it's this, where, you know, a founder is, you know, is coming to us to invest in them, but treating us disrespectfully at the same time. You know, we try to be as respectful with founders because they're the people that we rely on for our success as an investor. And so we try and be as respectful to everyone as possible. And I think you know, having unfair expectations and then disrespect to people that you're looking for money for is a, is a is an interesting way to go about it. I can understand a founder's frustration in it, but at the same time, you never know. Like we could have invested in this company, we're definitely not doing it now. But even if we wasn't going to be now, it could have been in a year, or it could have been in two. So it's about keeping those relationships, building that trust with people that you work with. And I imagine the 
you know, you talked about it being an immature market, but I imagine it's not a massive market in terms of investors either. So I'm assuming word gets around pretty quickly if you're the guy that abuses the investors or potential investors. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So when you're not getting, um, you know, sworn at and trying to deal with 70 inquiries a week, what's happening at Pitch? Yeah, it's a good question. We're, we're sort of an emerging not, not sort of, we are an emerging venture capital fund. So we're super new. We started in August last year. Really, the, the, the exciting things that are happening at Pitch is, well, it's less about us and it's more about the startups that we're investing in. We've made our first eight investments. We're looking to make a couple more over the next couple of weeks. And we've got some really exciting companies that we've, that we've missed. And there's one that's called uh, Networks X. They're a super exciting sort of research company and they monetize experts' time. So think about a, a sort of a big investment firm or a hedge fund. They're looking to make an investment decision and their philosophy, Networks X philosophy, is that 90% of the world's knowledge exists in people's minds, you know. The internet has a lot of knowledge but 90% of it is just in people's heads. And so when, when a big investment firm is making uh, investment decisions, part of their due diligence is by speaking to experts in the industry. So it might be an ex-CEO of a company they're looking at investing in or the CEO of a competitor, for example, or anywhere down that value chain. And so Networks X connects the investor or the consultant to these experts. And it's a great business. They started in October last year. We did a pre-seed we did the pre-seed investment into them and then we're leading their, leading their seed round that they're raising at the moment, which is super exciting. And then we've got another one, Auto Repairs Direct, which is disrupting the auto industry. So when you, you know when you take your car to the panel beater, needs a new part, they call around looking for that part, you know, in a very sort of traditional way. Uh, auto Repairs Direct is a sort of a marketplace for that. So it can be easily found once again, we invested them in their pre-seed round. They're looking to do their seed round at the moment, um, which we're hopefully going to be involved in as well. But they're great, great founding team, doing great things. I think 1.8 mil of revenue this year. So super exciting, those couple of companies. And then another one that we just did, one called Polypedia, which is like the Wikipedia or Google for, for politics and trying to create transparency and, and trust in our political system by allowing easy access to information about politicians and political parties. And so they're a super exciting startup and a great founding team led by three amazing women who have got great experience and super passion about the space that they're in. Unfortunately, venture capital firms are quite boring, but it's the startups that we're involved in which are quite exciting. <laughs> Indeed. And, mate, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Uh, we'll put some information about Pitch in the show notes and uh, we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shane. It's been a, been a pleasure, mate. You've been listening to Platform Diaries with Shane Williams. To find out about how Shane enables digital businesses to scale, please visit shanewilliams.com.au. Thank you for listening.